time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast. Hard to believe that we are as far along in this month as we are, but it is April 13th, and it's 2020, and we're hoping you all had a great Easter holiday. Everyone I talked to seemed to relax, seemed to have a really great Easter. And so this is a interesting season we're in, and we're going to be talking about that. We're going to have Kevin Perantio come on talking with us. He's the Chief Lending Officer at PMRG. Have him in the Hot Topic segment. We're talking about effective communication for leaders, overcoming negative thinking, and the response you get from open and authentic communication. It's very clear what it can do for yourself as a leader, but more importantly, for your company. I want to say a special thank you to the industry syndicate. So glad to be a part of them and all that they do, as well as the mortgage media. You can see more reference to that. In fact, I'm not sure if it's up on our website yet, but it will be shortly. We've joined forces with mortgage media something that David Stevens and so many of the other industry leaders are a part of are pleased to be a part of it. And we're going to be doing more and more cross-promotional work with them. So if you see our material show up on their site, you'll also see their material show up on our website. So really excited. Anyway, I want to also say we've got an upcoming online conference this week as a result of the coronavirus. This week on April 15th and 16th, there will be a live virtual conference and it's called the Mortgage 2020 Conference, Google Mortgage 2020, and you'll see it come up. The actual website is revrevconferences.com, and uh, very excited about participating in that. I'm on a panel discussion with uh, a number of both Barry Habib, myself, Rob Crispin is on that with me on the panel, and so we're all talking to the industry about some of the leading topics of what's going on. So very fascinating. I want to say a special thank you to the Mortgage Bankers Association. They do a great job sponsoring our podcast and also being providing leadership to the industry. I want to say a big shout out to Bill Kelmer and to, and to of course, Bob Brooksbitt. The work they're doing on the Hill is nothing short of Herculean, especially when you look at what's going on in the industry. We're going to talk about each one of the sponsors. Normally, I go through the long list, but I'm going to be this week talking about each one of them in and in between some of the various segments. So thrilled to have you as a lister. The MBA Mortgage Minute, Rob was unable to get us his recording, so we're going to just talk about some of the things that are the initiatives. I want to talk about the importance of coordinating and working with the MBA, especially when you're working on the Hill. So I had an unusual experience on Friday. I have a client up in Dallas, very successful individual, owns many companies. His fraternity brother and the college they went to, the university they went to, I think it was Texas Tech they went to, my client's fraternity brother is Roger Williams, representative at the U.S. House. And so we're explaining what's going on in the industry and some of the threats. We're kind of basically doing a SWOT analysis, talking about that. And we're talking about Calabria, very curious, not supporting uh, getting the necessary funding for issuers, RMBS issuers, such as we have now with J.D. May Securities, for when there's forbearance, people have taken advantage of the forbearance. And I use those words very purposely, taken advantage of the forbearance. I'm really 
we should put a lot more qualifications to the front end of that thing. The MBA said that. But this administration went out, and, uh, and that's not a negative statement. not trying to be political here. But this administration set out, if you, if you don't want to make your mortgage payment, you don't have to. There should have been some qualifications around that because the consequence this is having on issuers, especially Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac securities, is if you sold a loan on a written admittance program that has scheduled, sold it on a scheduled basis, folks, you're, as a lender, having to make, as the issuer, having to make the advances, at least for interest. And if you're doing scheduled, scheduled remittances, you're doing it for interest and principal. But just even think about it for interest only payments. You're going to have to advance those payments. I sent some articles into Fox News. As you guys know, I'm a part of that. And i uh, not a part of it. I get to be a regular commentary. And I said, you guys got to get some people on and talking about this. They got the chairman of uh, Mr. Cooper on. And that was really an interesting interview. He said basically that they're going to be facing insolvency if they uh, do not get some type of way of accessing a fund because the advances they're going to make is going to drain all the cash out of them. And they're facing within 60 days the potential for insolvency. When you look at this kind of problem, it's so important that we be able to have access to our elected officials. So back to my conversation on Friday, talking to my client, explaining all this. He says, who's this collaborator guy? Do you have his phone number? And I go, realize, well, you think differently. Well, yes, I have his work number and I have his email address and know his chief economist and all that, but I don't have a cell phone number. Why not? So uh, he says, who does he report up to? He's talking about Congress. So he says, wait a minute. And he literally put me on hold, went out, and dialed Roger Williams. Roger, because he knows my client, stepped out of a meeting talking about this very thing and says, Dave, explain why we need this. And what we did is able to bring to Roger Williams, who took it back into committee, the things we're talking about. Here's the, here's the lesson I've learned out of this. You know, we talk about we don't want to be political. We, want, we better be political, folks. Our industry needs voices from the street. So as a result of my client being in close relationship and supporting a number of political candidates, we're going to be on the phone with them throughout this week. We've got scheduled meetings talking about it. Now, I'm coordinating that through the MBA. So why are you putting all this in the MBA Mortgage Minute? Because what we do is we work with the MBA and their messaging on the Hill. And I'm encouraging each of you, as we talk later in the Hot topic segment, about leaders communicating, how changing how we communicate. It's so important that our voices be heard. So I want to say a thank you to Bob Brooksman, Bill Kilmer, and all those that are working on the Hill on behalf of the MBA. We need to have our voices heard from the street. We can't just depend on the MBA. We should work and coordinate with the MBA and have the message heard. And oh my gosh, give into more PAC. We have a political action committee that's active. Um, and so I, I gave into it this last year. Encourage, very much encourage you all to get involved. So anyway, there's my MBA Mortgage Minute. as my promote for the MBA for all they're doing. Thank you. Each of you listening to this, you say, well, I don't know my representative. I've never talked to him. I was just talking to one of my clients. And as a result, I challenged him. I said, as soon as you can, get on the phone or go visit them as soon as we get past this and have them know who you are. That's what I'm encouraging all of you as listeners. Make sure you have your voice heard. Two ways to do it. here in D.C., set up a meeting. Second way is sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance, and you can get their emails. You don't have to be a member of the MBA. You can get your voice heard through that app by Signing, just acknowledging and signing that um, the petitions that are out there or getting behind the bills and communicating with your representatives. Pretty cool app, Mortgage Action Alliance. Ma, check it out. 
Anyway, let's get over to Les Parker's segment with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the market. Les? And gold wakes in the morning and it runs outside. And locks take a deep dive and prices get real high. And folks scream from the top of their lungs, what's going on? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Imagine mortgage rates lower than the 10-year yield. Who wants to buy mortgages at a yield below 1%? The Fed does. It's no longer the lender of last resort, but the buyer of first resort. What's up? The Fed wants to bring the U.S. economy out of its self-induced coma and have everything be like it was a month ago. So, Groundhog Day costs 5 to $9 trillion bucks. What's going on? These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Yeah, sign up for. Uh, yeah, so uh, sign up for Les's uh, newsletter. You'll find it very interesting. The music parodies and all that. More and more feedback I get from people that are downloading it, reading it regularly, and sometimes they don't always get it. But as they listen to it and read it, they're finding it to be one of the most valuable resources. Some of the top industry leaders, Stan Middleman, for example, reads it daily. If some of the top leaders read it, why don't you? I encourage you to check it out at tmspotlight.com. It's free. And there's a paid version with more information, but start with the free one. Joe Farr, good to have you with us as you are here with us each and every week. Appreciate you very much. Boy, I'm already getting some feedback in on the comments I made about connecting with your senators. And people are writing me saying things like, yeah, I never even thought about that. Why is it what happens in D.C. stays in D.C.? I didn't think I'm connected to it. Never even thought about it. We need to have our voice heard. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, and, and one other thing to consider doing is joining the NBA or the the, yeah. the state association and get active. Yep. It may cost you a little money, but folks, boy, it's times like this. Thank God we got the NBA in there politically active. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, uh, not much going on today. It's NBS uh, uh, prices are down a little bit. Stocks are down a little bit, too. And you know, maybe that's just a little bit of a reversal of last week's uh, really nice week for stocks and bonds so uh, and no economic data really coming out today so but looking at last week it was a far less volatile week for stock and bond prices mbs prices just uh, had a nice steady improvement throughout the week i think by the end of the week they were up about 50 basis points so, uh, just slow steady improvement Stocks had a very good week, and boy, for anyone who got their 401k yeah. statement last week, you needed a good week. The Dow rose about 12%, a little over 12% during the week, which cut in half, just about cut in half the, uh, the drop that we had seen from the high back in February before all this coronavirus drop started. So it's not there yet, obviously, but certainly a good week last week. Today, we're giving a little bit of that back. There was very little economic data last week that had any impact on the market. In fact, really, nothing's impacting the market. Interesting data to come out was consumer sentiment. It fell by a record amount and uh, kind of tells you what you would expect us yeah, to hear about it. how the consumer's feeling. And uh, jobless claims were huge again. Fortunately, mm-hmm. they were a little bit lower than the week before, but they were huge again. Consumer prices, a measure of inflation, it was actually negative, mostly due to falling gas prices. And then as Les was referring to uh, the Fed and all that it's doing to help 
improve the market or to keep the economy as stable as they can make it. Fed Chairman Powell on Thursday provided uh, more information about things that the Fed is doing to add liquidity into the market and, as mentioned, trying to maintain some stability in the market. Now, looking at this week, there's a lot of data coming out. Again, not to say it's going to move the market, but it's going to be a good look at just how significant the economy has slowed. There are things like the March retail sales that come out on Wednesday. It's expected to show a 10% drop from February, so that's a huge change in retail sales. In fact, all the data that comes out is expected to show, show a huge drop, as you might expect. Yeah. The, only, the only thing that good will come from that is uh, jobless claims. You know, it's going to be a drop from what was huge numbers before. still going to be over 5 million expected new jobless claims. And then we'll see uh, Congress is continuing to negotiate, if you will, additional stimulus package. If that gets passed, it could be another good thing for the stock market, uh, which could be not a real good thing for the bond market, but uh, we'll see what they get done. Yes, it's a lot, a lot, lot, lot potentially to happen this week. I think we could see significant events out there. So, good. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. You bet. Good to have you with us. Alice Alvey, good to have you joining us as well. Really interested in your update, especially with some of the stuff that is going on at the state level. Good to hear your voice, Alice. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I, I'll start with the state level, but then I'll make sure I also include a little bit on that Jenny May piece you were mentioning earlier. So I was interesting. Before the show, we were, you know, comparing some notes about various states. And so one of the states that's really glaring for us right now is Pennsylvania. And their governor has issued orders that are a little ambiguous at this point. So we've got a 12-day extension from this day. And what they're saying is it appears that they're saying that we won't be able to close loans because they don't want realtors and title companies to operate. I know in my husband's industry, he's in the auto industry. I mean, you, you can't buy a car in Pennsylvania. You can't go into a dealership and get a car. So if your car got totaled a few weeks ago before the orders and it takes a while for claims and stuff to get processed and now you now you're ready, you got your check, you can go buy the car. You got to like cross over the border to probably got to come over to Ohio because I did double check. I, I made the mistake. Our Ohio governor is Republican. And so in our state, we're able to go out. You know, you're not going to get a $500 ticket if you go buy grass seed. Uh, but if you go to Michigan and Pennsylvania, you are so locked down. Industry is so locked down. And they continue to add interpretations to lock things down even further. So like you mentioned earlier, MBA is on it. We're very involved with some of these states that have just literally fallen off a cliff in regulating their populations. And, you know, I said I didn't want to come out and say it's all the Democratic governors were doing some checking. So I have been lining up, you know, here are the states with the super tight ones that I've been hearing about. And then here's my map of Democrat versus Republican governors. And it so far is lining up. When you can't go anywhere and you can't do anything and business is hurting even worse, there's a Democratic governor at the helm pushing that yep. agenda. So not to be political, I'm just lining things up, and that's the way it's it's laying out right now. So Can I jump on that note? Because yeah. I want to make sure everyone knows, because people love you, Alice, and have so many listeners. I was talking to Kim Schubert last week, and she was commenting about it. She says, I just love Alice Alvey's report <laughs> and all that. And I think what we try to do, folks, is stay political. 
But when you have something as glaring as this, and I was telling Alice as we were dialed in earlier, I'm hearing that it is the Democratic governors that are absolutely just cranking, putting the screws down on the economy and what can be done there. And it's an overreaction. And I, and I want to believe it's in the best of interest and in innocent right. men from Minnesota. Sometimes I think it's always in the best intentions, but sometimes you start wondering the consequences. What's it doing to the dealerships? Anyway, good job on that. I didn't want yeah. to think that that was that. She covered that, especially that part of it at my urging, folks. So if you yeah. if you sound, that, that sounds political, that was my urging, Alice. It, 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 uh, right. Well, and it's not all Democratic governors, right? So I did look like, no. uh, I think it was Minnesota. You brought Minnesota or Wisconsin, if you look at my list here, was okay, right? But they had a Democratic governor. And so it's not all Democratic governors, but where you do see it locked down, right. it's been a struggle. So in those states that are locked down, it is Democratic governorship. So again, yeah. not all Democratic governors are locking it down. No, no. Be real clear yeah, that, that. I want to make that part clear. Right. Yes, yeah, not yeah. all. Um, a couple of other things that we're watching. So like you mentioned, Jenny May did issue their all participants memo uh, late on Friday. Mm -hmm. So that's allowing the pass-through assistance program that Dave mentioned mm -hmm. uh, that we as lenders, they have to apply though by today. So it was a real tight window. Came out Friday. If you want to be a part of that, which I'm sure your CEOs are all on, they've got to get that done by midnight tonight. It is just for everybody's benefit. It is just relief for the principal and interest portion. As a servicer of Ginny May Securities, you still have to make the taxes and insurance side of it. So right. it was. Uh, you do need to recognize it was a partial relief. It's still a loan against that. Uh, that you would, you know, in theory, you go, okay, hopefully I can get my borrower to make the payments at the same time. I have to then repay that advance. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out over time. But I just want to give everyone a heads up on that part. The other thing is I did check, again, before the call, we talked about, you know, rent, uh, non-payment of rent in April. It was published by the National Multifamily Housing Council that it was 69% of renters made their payment. So that's being translated in the headlines as 30% of renters did not. Now, the normal number is around 81, 82%. If you compare that to 2019, so it's really about a 10, 11, 12% change in renters okay. who didn't make their payment. It's not that it was 100% before and now it's 30%, right? <laughs> it, was, right. So right. it was never 100% of people were making their rent payment, but nonetheless a big drop and something that should, people should be aware of. It does seem like the commercial side of our financial industry is getting, going to get hit first. The so renters are stopping. It hasn't come in yet. And then last but not least, Reuters did publish that Chase has said that they're only going to do 700 credit scores with 20% down on mortgages. You know, so that's yeah. just, you know, basically saying I'm going to wow. take care of my existing customers and you better be cream of the crop. And by basically they don't trust MI companies is the, another side message I would get out of that yeah. one, right? Just some heads up as every lender really should be looking at their risks and the uh, products that they're offering and, and what makes the most sense for what you can manage in servicing. And so that's, that's really where we're at today, Dave. We'll keep watching those state orders yeah. and let folks know things that we hear. People say, you bring up a great point. One of our past advertisers was PMI, and they failed in a crisis, the last crisis. And so you sit and realize, that, you know, it's so important to know who, who your counterparties are, the strength of them, and don't assume that just because they are have an insurance company listed behind their name that everything's all good. So good. Alice, good reporting. Thank you so much. Thanks for digging in and looking at those states that are locking down and finding out what it is, uh, of the, if there is that consistency and there is 
Uh, I'll keep Not working okay. on it. You know, we'll have more next yeah. week. It's, uh, yeah. you know, got the devil's in the details, right, of uh, yep. whether you're going to get, I mean, if we joke around in Michigan, right? You literally will get a $500 ticket if you walk out of Home Depot with grass seed, right? Because it's not an essential thing. You can't buy vegetables crazy. either, even though you That's might be going crazy. to <laughs> Crazy, 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 crazy times. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for the good report. You're welcome. We appreciate it. That was Alice Alvey, CMB, Vice President of Education and Training for our good friends at Union Home Mortgage. She does a great job with this week's legislative update. Folks, we want to move on to Alan Pollack, who's here with the tech update. You know, Alan, one of the things I know you work with technology, I want to put in a word for our Finastra partnership. Great company that does a great job dealing with many of the changes in the shifting changes in the technology world. And they're excited, as well as we are excited, to get your tech update. What you got for us, friend? Great to be here. Thanks for the intro. Uh, not too much, you know, following the news and and, and trying to help technology take a nice, big, giant leap forward. So lots yes. of great stuff. David, I've got a question for you. Did you know <laughs> that Fruit Loops are all the same flavor? No. <laughs> it's the color that makes you think there's something different. That's, That's right. But but not online signings, right? So we now have uh, porch <laughs> signings, window-separated <laughs> signings, curbside signings, remote online notarizations, drive-through signings. So... We are definitely expanding our horizon here in the mortgage industry. Yeah, yeah. One 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 signing service I was talking to was uh, for our closings. They were saying we want to find those old roller skates that the A and W Ripper stands used to have, and we're going to roll out on roller skates and get everyone to sign. I thought that was pretty fun. That's trying funny. to have some humor to all this. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was yeah. talking to one of our listeners this past week, and they go. By the way, tell Alan I really enjoy his anecdotal non-industry comments at the front side. You're getting some, you're getting more fans on that as well, Alan. So it's good. Appreciate Great, that. Thank you, thank you. Fruit Loops, oh, well, one color, one flip. multiple colors, but one. Yeah, flip. I got yeah. a good All one right. for next week too, but I'll hold, I'll hold off on it. So, a couple <laughs> things to note: one, April. So, two webinars by MBA that I think are really important. You want to take part in. The first one is. April 30th, it's called MISMO, Blockchain Fundamentals for Mortgage Professionals. Yeah. There's a lot of blockchain still relevant. There's, there's much, much greater advances that have been made. So you want to check this out. It's actually, I'm going to be there. It's, it's a great webinar. And then the second one is actually 10 days prior, April 20th, which is next week, called Tech and COVID-19, Digital and Electronic Closings. Super important. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that need to be sort of uh, ironed out fact versus fiction. Actually, at my own company, uh, Open Close, we have a webinar as well, uh, April 21st for the industry. Ah, so there's a lot of these popping up. You definitely want to uh, to start to learn more. I think it's very important to be able to understand what's true versus not true. There's a lot of rumor versus a lot of just unknown facts. So David, get this. So, you know, we keep focusing on mortgage technology. Uh, we Of course, we focus on real tech, right? Real estate side. And I think we we hear a lot of people talk and we've probably seen advertisements from real estate agents, but this was very interesting to me. One in three home buyers want video home tours, 12% favor e-mortgages. Now I should have followed up with a statistic on our iPad sales, right? Through Amazon and Apple online going through the roof to just to see, because so many of us are now working from home and real estate agents are doing virtual tours. And so Zillow has now made it possible this article, by the way, is from Redfin, but they both are doing it. But you have the ability on every single listing to be able to ask for an agent-led virtual video chat tour. 
you also have the ability to get a 3D home tour with a panoramic photo. So all the different real estate sites are all doing something different. You can just Google it and you'll come up with tons of Google, Google articles that talk about it. And in addition, you know, Redfin has two subsidiaries, uh, Title Forward and Redfin Mortgage. And they actually stated that their e-closings have continued to increase and represent 10% of all their deals, which is an up from only 3% in March and 1% in February. So we continue to right, tilt forward towards really going more digital. And when you think about like, what do our tech teams do during this time, our tech teams help definitely sustainability, but we need to start preparing. We need to start preparing for what's next. Um, and I think we still focus on the borrower point of sale. Many are still saying that. But it gets into the next part of our, of our technology piece here, David. You know, as we know, guidelines were put in place, FHFA and the GSEs, on reducing friction in the appraisal process, right? And so now you can do a desktop appraisal, which can be done as well as an exterior appraisal. Well, Regora, and there's a couple companies here, Regora just announced that they are providing their clients, existing clients, with the ability for the homeowner to join, to get an email, and they can actually snap pictures, geotags them so they know that they're part of the property. And you can take right. those pictures, and then they're provided through their software to the, to, the, um, to the appraiser and then the underwriter. Well, in addition to Regora doing it, Clear Capital has, has launched a new homeowner-enabled appraisal app. In addition to that, Land Gorilla. Well, Land Gorilla has done online notarizations. Yeah. And there's others yeah. as well that are doing the, uh, the, the, the app picture. So if you're not partnered with one of these companies, you definitely want to take a look at that. Super, super important. In addition, David, you know, oh, Accurate Group was the other one. I knew I had a third one in there. Uh, they're doing remote data collection and they're doing the, uh, the picture process with borrowers from their cell phones. So definitely helping out that process. One of our old friends, David, you and I know them very well, Loan Logics. They just released yes. what they call Idea on Demand, which is individual documents or small document blobs that can be uploaded to their system and returned instantly, not only doc recognition, but data extraction. And they have over 400 different document types and over 8,000 individual data elements. Hmm. And they're releasing a try before you buy program. So if you're interested oh, in implementing that into your process, that's right. Check it out. Brand new vendor I thought was very important during this uh, unique time called Decision Point. Not a new vendor, by the way, new vendor to me called Decision Point. Uh, they recently released a new product that can get a title request within 30 seconds using only the borrower's name and property address. And it uh, designed, I'm reading word for word here, is designed to instantly deliver a title grade and completion time estimated for lenders advising them of any title issues that have need to be resolved prior to closing. So looking at different ways that technology is being implemented during this unique time. And then finally, to end that segment, David, Built Technologies has also put out a limited version of their software. It seems like they weren't completely done, but it is time to get it out to market to help manage and monitor the construction loan process, which has all kinds of challenges, including delays, even of not only contractors, but the shipping of materials. So if you work with Built Technologies, definitely make sure that you know about it. Give them a buzz. And if you're looking to implement, if you do over 100 construction loans a month, you should be talking to someone like Built Technologies. Good job. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we know those guys. They're, they do a great job. Appreciate you giving Absolutely. us a tech update. If you want to get hold of Alan, get a hold of Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. 
Thanks for this week's tech update. Interesting stuff. I, I really wonder, Alan, if this isn't going to be changing the face of how we do business in the mortgage industry, this uh, COVID crisis. A lot more working from home, a lot more stress on yeah. infrastructure, security, and all the issues, but it's creating some new opportunities for uh, companies to compete in uh, in a very unique way that I think is very user-friendly. So good stuff's coming out of this crisis. I agree. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, man. So good. And we now have Dr. Andy Shell, also known as the Prophet Doctor. He was the Prophet Doctor before he had his PhD. Now he is officially the Doctor, Prophet Doctor. <laughs> good to have you here, Andy Shell. Appreciate you. I was thinking about My remittances pleasure. and all the, the things you talk about this in the webinars that you do and all that. You know, schedule, schedule, scheduled, actual, actual, actual. And uh, the stuff, it sounds like, you know, schedule. I remember the first time you brought that up, we're talking about it. I've forgotten that. It's been a number of years since I've been servicing loans. And a lot of that knowledge is it's important for people to understand that because there are consequences. And those consequences are being discovered today in this market. That's kind of market. right. Those uh, remittances of principal and interest happen quickly. They happen at least every month, in some cases more frequently than that. But the other part of this, too, is that this actually, if, if this forbearance continues for a while, there's also uh, escrow disbursements that have to be made by the servicer. Okay. So you have to pay the taxes and pay the insurance even if the customer didn't pay their escrow payments under a forbearance. So this, this, that's probably not going to be a big deal yet because it's, hopefully this will be resolved before we have many months of, of forbearance to yeah. absorb. But the uh, scheduled, scheduled remittances are going to be hitting imminently, and that will affect liquidity in March. In addition to, we're going to have a financial effect in March. So let me continue talking about March results here in just a second. Let me circle back because Alan mentioned the MBA webinars and I wanted to mention the yeah. webinar that I teach is this week as well. So Go I'm going to be teaching a webinar on advanced accounting. We've had, we've had record attendance. We had 350 people joining to learn about accounting and hedging. So this week is on cash flow, secondary marketing, gain analysis. That one is really complicated and it's really interesting because we're going to monitor month-end reporting of mortgage-backed security price effect and how that drives through to hedge effectiveness, which in these recent times has been pretty bad, pretty poor hedge effectiveness, unfortunately. But we'll also talk about fair value measurement, tax implications from the revenue recognized in the pipeline through counting the profit on interest rate law commitments and then also other FASB emerging issues task force a commentary that has been released recently. So it's kind of geeky, but the, it's actually fun. The secondary marketing value change and impact on the MBS market and the, and the role that the VIX is a measure, the VIX, those commodities uh, trading um, it's for options and futures, but it, it measures volatility, how that can be a leading indicator of badness in mortgage. How's, how do you like that mm -hmm. for a technical term, badness? <laughs> badness. <laughs> so what we're going to see in March, aside from the servicing illiquidity potential risk that's out there, and that, and that potential risk and the, the risk of non-payment and collection efforts and advance risk, has driven in the MSR, the values of servicing MSR mortgage, servicing right MSR values down dramatically to virtually zero. Now that there's cash flow value for MSRs that are owned, and when you do an analysis of, of something of value, 
you can look at, at market value based on recent trades or you can look at cash flow values. And so if you weight evaluation based on cash flow values, that will mean that the MSRs on the books of independent mortgage companies and commercial banks around the country doesn't have to be written down to zero or 25 basis points just because the bids are off. So that, that's a really important point. And the big valuation groups like Phoenix Capital and Compass Analytics, they know all of this stuff. So it's not like if this is something new. But we just need to, if, if you're dealing with someone who's talking about writing down MSRs substantially to zero or, or even well below 50 bits, let's talk about that because I don't think you're going to have to do that. That would have a catastrophic effect for a big yeah. MSR holder on their March financial results. But even if we can push beyond the MSR impact, we, we, we may have a bad March. Some companies may have secondary marketing, margin gain on sale decline. It's what I call margin decay. We may actually experience that for our March results in a significant way. So those who could deliver to the Fannie cash window are probably going to be okay because we were able yep. to avoid the effect that the aggregators have on issuing the short-term delivery, short-term mandatory delivery commitment. So for those who had to deliver into aggregators and that was your best, that was your only option for execution, you may see 50 to 90 basis points in decline and yep. gain on sale. It's really going to be dramatic. And I've, I've confirmed these numbers with several of the trading desks Yep. So this happens when, when when you have extreme volatility in the mortgage-backed security market. That sends ripples throughout the industry. It, it sent the VIX, the VIX index, up over 80. Normally it's like 20 or 30. When it gets over 50, we need to worry about it. It was up at 80. 80. And when that happens, 80. Yeah, the VIX crossed over 80 two weeks ago. So when that happens, the, the people, the mandatory desk at Wells Fargo, are people, and they have to, when they issue a mandatory delivery commitment to buy loans from you, they then have to do something with it themselves. And whether it's Wells Fargo or any of the other mandatory trading desks, they're watching all this stuff. They have instant access to everything about the market. So they're watching this, and what ends up happening is they don't offer as much for the transition. And so what, you, what we want to have happen, what hedging is supposed to do, the underlying assumption is that the value change in the loan will be perfectly offset by a value change in the hedge. One goes up, the other goes down, one goes down, right. the other goes up. It works perfectly so much when, you have, stable, when you have a stable yeah. market. Yeah. yeah, when you have a rational market. And that's even Black-Scholes option pricing model is based on the assumption of rational markets. So, But when the loan sale gain does not offset the hedging loss, then you have secondary marketing margin decay and and the models that drive these position recommendations are based on predictability they want to be able to understand what's happening i say in hedging we look backwards to look forwards but when volatility erodes the predictability then we're going to have a, a decay in the effectiveness of the hedge that means that the trading desks don't know what's going to happen and so they're going to reduce the prices they're going to offer so what we have to do is we have to prepare for this. We have to identify this. And what I've advised my clients, anytime we see the VIX over 50, we're going to add margin. The only way to protect yourself is to immediately add margin. And everybody else will eventually do this as well. But you'll protect yourself from the hedging decay 
when you add margin on the front end when VIX is above 50. Several of my clients added a half, some even up to a point, and they were fine. They actually experienced a margin decay, but they were able to offset that by increasing their initial margin. So this is a really interesting topic to me. It's a it's Huge. a deep in the yeah. weeds kind of nerdy thing to talk about. Yeah. But if anybody wants to talk more about this, give me a call, shoot me an email. We'll set a time to talk. But the point of this is the the, the real challenge is sometimes hedging doesn't work. Hedging doesn't work when you have extreme volatility because you then have extreme unpredictability and hedging models rely on being able to look backwards, to look forwards, and when the past doesn't predict the future, hedging is not going to work as you expect. So you have to cushion, you have to increase your secondary marketing margin to offset that impact from risk change. So there you go, Dave. Good stuff. That's my my thoughts for today. We have so much more to talk about. I'd love to talk about more about what um, Alice was talking about, but Oh, time. I know. Yeah, there, there were, we have to do one of our old roundtable uh, discussions we used to do a number of years back and uh, get us all around that. I think this may be one of those times coming up real, real soon where we all uh, sit around and just have a relaxed conversation. But I thank you so much, Andy Shell, for getting a hold of us here. Uh, the best way to reach Andy is andy at mbs-team.com. Andy, A-N-D-Y. Yes, if you need help spelling that, folks. Only me. Only <laughs> guy with. Andy at tmbs-team.com. Andy, thanks so much for being here. I know you got a drop. Have a blessed week. I hope you had a great Easter. Appreciate you, friend. And thanks for bringing Thank us some too. wisdom each and every week. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Folks, this is when we end our normal weekly update. Now, those of you listening live, just stay right in. We're going to roll right into our Hot topic segment. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, as well as Indicom, Incelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Modex, Velma, VendorSurf, and Vidyard. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.